0: My name is Chris Corlu and with me as always is my friend and co-host, Bob Socorro. Are we really back? We're really back. Much like the Bulls. We are back.
1: <laughs> I got a text message like just a day or two ago in the morning about how the Bulls are gonna lose to the Warriors in the finals. And I was like, they're not they're not they're not that back. I, I, I'm glad they're back, but I don't think they're right, that we back. we got to
0: stop the podcast. The Bulls <laughs> are going to lose to the Warriors in the finals, and it's fine. It's fine, because Steph Curry's going to finally get a finals MVP. Um, uh, Alex Caruso will cement his status as the fifth Bull that needs his jersey retired. Um, DeMar DeRozan is going to have a 50-point game in the finals. It's going to be great. Uh, um,
1: I saw at least one meme which it was like very expected this would happen but the the classic michael jordan passing the torch on and one was to alex caruso which is just wonderful of course it was
0: (laughs) a guy who doesn't even start
1: (laughs) no but even worse i saw another one that was passing the torch to the bulls rookie a.o i i'm not sure i'm not Uh, sure to say his name yeah i
0: don't don't know how to pronounce his name either
1: (laughs) Um, Um, to which i was like that's an even bigger reach (laughs) i am excited about their season but i I don't know have very much to say about him whatsoever.
0: He is a second round pick who has had like two good games, <laughs> which which rad. He's a Chicago kid. Um, I should know how to pronounce his name, but I have been having trouble getting broadcasts in my on my TV. So, uh, but uh, uh, the Bulls are exciting for the first time since. The last time the Clippers were exciting, so you know, which is
1: you know more than you could say about our podcast right now.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just want to not talk about the Clippers.
1: <laughs> uh, we're on a win streak right now, baby.
0: Oh Unless,
1: yeah. unless I, I forget
0: let, what let me know how long that Paul George started the season hot streak last, You know, let's we'll, we'll we'll reconvene in January.
1: Do I need to remind you that we made it to the Western Conference Finals last last, last year?
0: Mm-hmm. Do I need uh-huh. to remind you that every year In November and December Everyone's like, is Paul George secretly Better than LeBron James and Kevin Durant Nobody says every-
1: this, get out of here <laughs> <laughs> The haters do hate But uh, the, uh, the the Buying Paul George early people are not that optimistic um, Unless you're into some Like worse parts of basketball Twitter than I am, which is possible
0: Oh, well more you. thinking the uh, bill Simmons podcast but you know <laughs> um but uh yeah let's get let's get into some we'll it. get into basketball later yeah so yeah you uh you wrote these intro questions which are how have you been and how did you spend your summer and <laughs> Bob how have you been how did you spend your summer um whew, I've
1: been very a uh, capital o okay. Um, and i would probably say the same about my summer um i'm doing all right you know we have spent most of the podcast talking about covid <laughs> like, since we started the podcast covid has been uh happening um and you know that's still affecting me and how i live my life yeah. um so i i don't feel like i am living as large as I would like to I've entered my second school year here in Kansas City and like that's all going better than last year it's really good to be back on campus it's still weird but we're doing it I I was talking to someone else who's new to the area and I was you know trying to say I think I like Kansas City but I would not say that I'm like thriving you know <laughs>
0: oh okay <laughs> working sure, on yeah. it
1: yeah. um And uh, my summer, let's see, I started off summer by getting into a bike accident. I went home for a little bit. Um, I did not, the classes I was supposed to teach got canceled, so I had a lot more time than I expected. That's right. I didn't use that time wisely. And then I got surgery on my nose at the end of summer. Um, That's right. It was not the most summer bob summer of all time. Right. Yeah.
0: The hashtag SummerBob was uh, a little muted because of.
1: Little lacking.
0: Yeah. I'm a little jealous of the nose surgery, though, because I feel like I need some too. Um, I'm going to be even more nasally than I was in Star <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, at least uh, if you if you were to get no surgery, uh, the doctor wouldn't ask you about snoring afterwards, uh, and you wouldn't have to admit that there's no one uh, in the bedroom with you to tell you if you're snoring or not anymore. (laughs) So, (laughs) nothing like telling the doctor how single you are.
0: Oh my god! (laughs) Uh, We should mention we saw each other this summer. We did. We Not did. only did we see each other, we played basketball together.
1: That's um, true. I think also we saw each other two times this summer.
0: Oh we did. Yeah, you came to Chicago. Because
1: I drove to Chicago for Labor Day? for a weekend. weekend. Yeah. Maybe it mm-hmm. was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. I guess that's hardly summer anymore. We had you some came music out here. in the park. That's right, we did.
0: Yeah. And then I came out to Kansas City. Uh, my first time in Kansas City. I think everyone who was there, almost City. we <laughs> had a group of
1: friends come to visit. Uh, a thing that we like to do, and uh, one of them made it very clear before even showing up. This is my first and last time going to Kansas. City.
0: <laughs> was it? Can, can I take a guess? Was it Julian?
2: Of course, it was. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we had some uh, played some basketball, had some barbecue, went to a baseball game. It was nice.
1: Uh, it was the most normal weekend I've had in a long time. Yeah, um, it was, and also more basketball than any of us should have played.
0: Yeah, yeah, I puked afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, any
1: any other big updates for you
0: and or your summer? Oh, uh, I mean, my kids started school. Um, huge so that's huge uh so i have two hours free in the morning every day now which is awesome having the two hours free but it also means i have to get dressed at seven in the morning every day uh which sucks poor poor chris (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah you know i mean that's that's been good I've, i've taken on a little bit more work um uh writing just about weekly for cracked uh now and um got some other projects I've oh hell I forgot to mention um Bob, I've been published oh which 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 publication are we talking about we're talking about friends of the show oh that's right so let's a go <laughs> i my story about a werewolf called the wolfman that's right um, that's right yeah uh uh yeah big uh big uh, big deal for me it's a uh uh the um the flash fiction story that is uh the what's the fiction equivalent of a proem uh <laughs> <laughs> the, the first story in my manuscript um okay uh our friends at cotton xenomorph uh published so yeah that was a that was a that was a big deal for me um, and
1: i i understand uh the enthusiasm about your 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 literary writing um mm. you know putting emphasis on that um it is it is funny to you, you to point to like this particular publication when like you did also just you know open up about getting more writing you are you are literally a professional writer right
0: now um, i am literally a professional writer i make no money but i mean well i make some money but <laughs> i'm not you know, exactly just... ian fleming living in goldeneye in jamaica or anything like that <laughs> yes i am a professional writer but uh you know uh, uh i don't want to give any weight to anything, but I enjoy writing five times your dick was secretly your dick for Cracked, but uh, I you know, I also uh, uh, take a great deal of Pride in Mother
2: <laughs> I,
1: I, I'm pretty sure your Cracked pieces have been a little bit more tasteful than that, but <laughs>
0: No, I'm not disparaging Cracked. I, I really like writing for Cracked. I, it's it it is an honor to be asked for more work from them. Oh um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it, it rules. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's nice to take on more work and stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, the CX thing yeah was kind of monumental for me. So hell yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Um, oh, shouldn't bring up CX without uh, mentioning. Uh, Co EIC Chloe and Clark just got a book announcement the other day. Saw that former yeah. guest, former yeah. guest of the pod, former guest of the pod. Yeah, uh, continues new...
1: to be one of the most prolific writers I know.
0: I know. Um... Like How the hell does she have another book out already? <laughs> <laughs> well, not out, but you know, forthcoming. Yeah. yeah. um
1: uh,
0: So yeah, congrats to Chloe and um, and love to uh, Teo and Hannah, who we need to have back on the pod. We. Um, it's, in, it's in the works. It's in, it's the, in works. the works. We need to get them back, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about poetry, speaking of poems. Um, oh, you wanted to ask what podcasts have you been listening to? What podcasts have you been
1: listening uh, to? I wanted to bring this up because um, I think since we started, I was just noticing that the uh, poetry podcast landscape has changed a little bit. Okay. Um, I think, first of all, I've I've probably gushed about this before on here i know i have to you but um you know for me really actually the podcast that made me actually start listening to podcasts um was rachel zucker's commonplace where she has these like really long form interviews with poets mostly yeah. poets yeah um and she's very open about what's going on in her life but i don't i'm not i don't need to air it here if you're interested you could you know listen or go to her twitter or whatever yeah um, commonplace she's is had, great yeah but she's had a pretty transformational year and has been producing fewer of them I think there's Mm -hmm. been about two or three the last couple of months. And then just this week was the final um, versus podcasts with Danez Smith and Franny Choi.
2: Yeah. Um, So they
1: they did their going away episode and I guess there will be new hosts or something. Um, I think part of why they were leaving was poetry foundation shittiness. Um, They weren't super explicit about it, Um, but you know, they did a, on this last episode, they did a thing where they read the name of, like, every guest that they had. I didn't, I didn't even think about how it had been on for five years, and it's just, like, an unbelievable lineup
0: um, of contemporary yeah. poets. They have um, had, yeah. They've had a Poets, Poets lineup.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, one of those things that I knew that was the case, but, you know, as they're reading these names, and it goes on for, like, two minutes, and you're like, oh, and, like, trying to remember if I had listened to all of these or whatever. And I guess, yeah, that just came out of... So, yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, and then... I might need to pull up the feed right now in the past number of months. There's one that's gotten started called, I think it's just called of poetry. I'm looking this up. I've listened to a couple episodes and it's hosted by Hannah Vanderhart, who say like, I just know their writing and I know of them from Twitter and like, seems to be a pretty solid literary citizen. Um, But pumping out some Pretty exciting episodes of that. Um, and definitely feels different from the other two. Um, still an interview show, but, you know, just a different tone of conversation. For sure, uh, yeah. As I said, as a poet, as a podcast skeptic for quite a while, um, sure, it, is, sure. it is interesting to see how much, you know, just a different host and, like, slightly different formats can make these big differences. Yeah. And then I was thinking, I'll check shoot, those out. the poetry question might be the other one I'm thinking about. And they are a website, yeah, so they have a pod called TPQ20, which they're really short, which I actually kind of appreciate. And I don't know these folks, Courtney and Chris are the first names, (laughs) um, but I know of the website they've been running for quite a while called The Poetry Question, um, where they just like super prolifically review uh, chat books and books. Oh, right. Um, you okay. know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's definitely like hosted by people who like know their poetry and care about their poetry. Right. Um, and I've only, I've only listened to one of these, um, you know, but similarly, I look down the list of these interview names and it's, it's definitely, um, some heavy hitters and some younger folks. Um, and I appreciate that. And so, you know, as we are probably going to be slow to release this episode and all of our episodes, <laughs> um you know i figured i'd I'd toss out some things that folks may be interested in yeah Um,
0: yeah Yeah. um any pods in your life your yours are more uh way more literally literally literary literary than mine there we go um i i I was in the podcast's way of keeping up with uh news and sports (laughs) uh but um but a couple of ones i want to shout out the uh Secretly Incredibly Fascinating Podcast by Alex Schmidt is a really good one. And he and um, Michael Swain, back when they worked at Cracked, had a podcast called the Kurt Vonnegut's Podcast, (laughs) um, where they read all the works of Kurt Vonnegut. And I guess there's a new um, graphic novel of Slaughterhouse-Five that just came out. And um, they just released a new episode about... um, about that graphic novel that I haven't listened to yet, but i i I plan on uh Schmidt and Swaim are uh two stand up guys and uh interesting uh literary thinkers um so worth checking out i'll I'll shout out the Curvana guys podcast um glad they're back uh, so.
1: I, I I like that you try and preface this as if i'd you know I have my feed with lots of i don't know hoity toity things um but I get into the car. Because I drive, you know, five days a week. I think that's why I've gotten more into podcasts too. Oh,
0: there you go. I can't tell you how
1: many days I get in the car and I'm like, I really would just like some idiots to talk about basketball. I don't mean to call them idiots, but (laughs) just just mindless basketball
0: talk. To be a Um, podcaster is to be an idiot, to be be, be, be clear.
1: (laughs) um yeah on the on the group chat i have been called out for how much i can actually make no dunks references now um, <laughs> and i
0: i was uh, it's been a long time coming it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. oh and oh, my... for literary stuff um i should also shout out something i've listened to since we've stopped podcasting or stopped season two Jamie Loftus's uh, Lolita podcast, Ooh. It's a ten episode short run. That is the best Lolita criticism I've ever listened to in my entire life. I to that. Is, it is the best. Uh, yeah, if you search Lolita podcast, it's Jamie Loftus as the host. Um, yeah, the the best Lolita criticism I've ever I've ever heard.
1: Um, nice. So, right on.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and right, then her now, new one about oh. uh, the Kathy comics is pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> it's called and it's, uh Cast. It's I good. wish
1: I, mean, I wish I was clever so much.
0: <laughs> That's know. so good. She's insanely talented. It's really right. unfair. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: you said this, and I was like, I know this name. I looked up. Oh, I know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, let's
1: All talk right. about some poems now.
0: Let's talk about some poems. Let's yeah. talk about some poems. Uh, Bob, did you uh, did you read a poem
1: this week? uh i did oh cool i i feel i feel unprepared um uh, we're back in getting back on the horse is hard
2: getting back on ready the horse to
1: design? ready to talk about it. I'm not, i I was trying to think if I've ever been on a horse
2: like I a just pony as a kid. of the uh,
0: I think you should leave sketch about the horses that have been bred to have small dicks. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said getting back on the horse is hard, oh jeez well like we can go to the farm where the the horses. <laughs>
1: Episode one of season three, and Chris Corlew is just letting it all hang out. <laughs> wow! Now I'm going to read a serious poem for
2: you.
1: <laughs> oh Lord! Um, I thought I would uh, go. I would go back in time a little bit, uh, or just full circle. Um, I think episode one, season one. I read a poem by uh, Gabrielle Calvocressi. Um, And this one was from the October issue of Poetry Magazine, and it's called Miss You. Would like to grab that chilled tofu we love. Do not care if you bring only your light body. Would just be so happy to sit at the table and talk about the menu. Miss you. Wish we could bet which chilies they'll put on the cubes of tofu. Our favorite. Sometimes green. Sometimes red. Red. Roasted, we always thought, but so cold and fresh. How did they do it? Wish you could be here to talk about it like it was so important. Wish you could. Watched you on the screens as I was walking, as I was cooking. Wish you could get out of the hospital. Can't bring myself to order our dish and eat it in the car. Miss you laughing. Miss you coming in from the cold or one too many meetings laughing. I'll order already. I'll order seven helplings, some dumplings, those cold yam noodles that you like. You can come in your light body, your skeleton, or be invisible. I don't even care. No, you have a long way to travel. No, I don't even know if it's a, if it's long at all. Wish you could tell me what you're reading, if you're reading. Miss you. I'm at the table in the back.
0: Yeah, that's a really pleasant poem. It's it's really it's all heartwarming. It's 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 very nice. Um I love the uh um there's a term for it and I'm forgetting it, but uh when you start a sentence without like the Kind of without the subject, the instead of I don't care. like you do know, I, care, I, I've been that...
1: trying to uh, figure out a term for this because I need to tell my students to stop doing this in their papers all the time. <laughs> 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 so I was thinking, this is, so I was like, this is such a sick, poetic move, but it's so bad for your Comp 1 essay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's used to great effect here. Maybe not the most per, per, persuasive way to, uh, um, you know, I don't know, talk about whatever the hell you teach over there. Uh,
1: well, you know, here I, I know the subject every time and my students essays, I don't always know the subject when they just try and have a sentence with the, right. with no subject. Right.
0: There you go. Um, um, I also love that the, uh, the missing is tied to uh to food and dishes shared. Right. That is a uh, rhetorical trick or an imagistic trick that will get me every time because <laughs> so many, so many good memories happen around food, you know,
1: Chris, Chris just loves food. Don't you love
0: sharing food together? Big there? food
1: guy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, part of, part of what resonates here with me, uh, maybe jumping ahead to be on the page, but is uh, you know, I, I miss a lot of people. Again, because I moved. Again, because of COVID. Um, But I also I miss sharing food. I don't get to share food with people. (laughs) Eat by myself a lot, and uh, you know, went out to to dinner with someone. I don't know a month or so ago, and I was like, oh, this is this is nice. Yeah.
0: Well, when we were hanging out uh, a month or so ago, uh, we had that big barbecue meal. Um, I'll never forget a Hider saying, "This was a fun meal to eat." Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and just it was like, yeah, the experience of everyone being together and and having this big shared plate of uh, you know barbecue stuff and the 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 accordant sides um, <laughs> and either just being like, yeah, like all food tastes good, but this was a fun meal to eat. <laughs> He's and brilliant. I was like, yeah, it, it was. I mean, I was puking, but you know, because of the <laughs> basketball, not because of the barbecue, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it, it was like a, a fun shared experience. I feel like a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the most fun memories can be had around a uh, around the dinner table. You know,
1: I I don't disagree. I'm with you on this. I I like this image that you're bringing our, our attention to because it was a bunch of a bunch of dudes who had played three showers of basketball and were super tired and super hungry and
0: this and barbecue super in their thirties. <laughs>
1: His barbecue came, and everyone bought a, got a plate for themselves, and just kind of ate in silence, except occasionally saying how good it was. Yeah,
0: that was basically it. Oh, <laughs> try this uh. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the first oh, like third of the poem, you know.
1: But no, definitely more more somber than that. So there were two of these published in the October Poetry Magazine, and I think the other one. I feel like both of them were retreated around a lot. I think actually the other one probably got a little more attention and it's a little bit more, more spooky. And it's talking to, you know, someone who is no longer there. Um, I think this one's a little bit. Ambiguous per no, it, yeah, I get it. This is someone who's passed away.
0: It's it's a little bit more ambiguous, but it's, it, it hints heavily.
1: Right. Um, you know, and I, I'm not missing anyone quite in that way right now. Um, but I I guess, like you said, it's, you know, um, there's a weird mix or an exciting mix or just a, you know, a moving mix here of it's really like tender and not joyful in the missing, but you know, it's not this like devastated missing it's, it's
0: it doesn't you know, feel mit- sad to me. It feels elegiac, maybe longing, mm-hmm. but like right. not, not overtly sad. It feels wistful. Is that? A, is that a... It could be wistful.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm but, always wistful. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we are poets, after all. <laughs> I guess yeah,
1: it's, it's it's something about um, this way of missing someone that is so deeply like rooted in. pleasant memories and um yeah
0: yeah you know yeah i I think that's it it's it's a um yeah it's rooted in 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 the pleasant memories um in a way that like is just yeah it doesn't make you sad but makes you like joyfully melancholy kind of thing oh there we go now we're getting closer now we're getting closer um, I think we did why this poem, but, uh, uh, did you have anything else for why this poem? Uh,
1: I think, uh, you know, just, yeah. Like I said, I, I, I'm missing people. I've missed the pod. I've missed talking to you on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I miss going out to eat and to miss, uh, this like warmth, uh, cause that's coming up. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I just, I'm feeling, I mean, it's, it wouldn't be me if I wasn't feeling a lot of things, but, um, I was feeling, I was feeling, feeling this poem.
0: I feel it too. Um, What's the, uh, what's the move that made you feel especially hard about it?
1: So part of it, I think, you know, we touched on this um, lack of I, lack of the subject I. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: But it also, it would not be me talking about a poem if I wasn't really hung up on, on the pace of the poem. Um, oh sure, yeah. It's it's really rooted in this this you know this sentence structure of of quick fragments of specificity, you know, and almost stopping stopping and starting in a way that like really makes you kind of center on the words. Yeah. Um yeah. you know. Uh they'll wish wish we could bet which chilies they'll put on the cubes of tofu. Our yeah. favorite. Mm-hmm. Sometimes green. Sometimes red, roasted. We always thought, but so cold and fresh. You know, it forces you to read that with a like slowness and a. Whew, I don't have the word. It forces you to read it slowly there, um, in such a way that you like have to focus on those particulars.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it, um, it sort of makes you think of the speaker as like the speaker is talking to someone who isn't there.
2: Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm.
0: know, uh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, and then you know you throw on this this repetition of miss you, um, and, and these kind of phrases wished you know you that you know have a a little bit of a rhyme with miss you. Yeah, um, you you get a a poem that feels like sonically unique to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. There's a mixture of like sort of yeah staccato sentences and like longing. Sentences that stretch out a little bit more, like uh, mm-hmm. I'll order seven helpings, some dumplings, those cold yam noodles that you like. Like uh, those longer sentences almost feel like pleading a little bit.
1: Absolutely, you know? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and they uh, stand
1: out because of the short ones,
0: right? Exactly. You know, and it yeah, feels
1: yeah. more pleading as a result,
0: right? Yeah, right. I um, think that's why you can almost see this as like a as a monologue for like an actor auditioning for something. If like if it was a, a player, a movie about like. Someone missing someone like you. You can see, you can you can read you can picture somebody reading this out loud. Uh, and, Absolutely, and like pacing around a room or whatever. So
1: I'm trying to remember where I heard someone talking about the lyric and the lyric definition. It might have actually been on that last episode of Verses. There is one of the absurdly many and kind of undefinableness of the lyric, um, but one of the ways that uh, people talk about it is that it's almost like this overheard conversation or overheard monologue. Okay. So that's part of the gesture going on. Um, you know, as you're hearing someone speak intimately right. and you as the listener are, are overhearing it, you're maybe not supposed to hear it because of how much that's being revealed. And I don't know how much it's going to apply to this poem here. I was just, I've been thinking about this and there's such a, incredible dynamic in a poem and thinking of a poem operating that way you know because our secrets or our feelings our most felt feelings are in there um yeah. that we almost sometimes know we're not supposed to say out loud but also like because I'm writing the poem and especially like if I am reading the poem to people like I'm so fucking desperate for right. you to hear I, I desperately want you all to overhear my thoughts right, this is kind right. of, the way that operates for me. And I, I really like that, uh, that dissonance there. Of,
0: yeah. Um, I haven't heard that definition of the lyric, but it, it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it really scans. It also makes like <laughs> poetry sound like schizophrenia or Tourette's or something. No. <laughs> but, uh, but like, but no, it, it yeah. And when you, when you talk about reading, it's like, no, I'm writing this down because I want, I want to be. Uh, I want my thoughts and feelings to be known, kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I'm desperate for somebody else to identify or 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 um, uh, uh, validate that that kind right. of thing. And, um, and, and more then, like you're, you're, you're talking about missing people, like you, you miss those in-person conversations where that's exactly what happens. Where mm-hmm. you you can be like, hey, you know, I've been feeling this one way or another and you've got a sympathetic ear kind of thing. Right, right. Uh,
1: moving, I, you know, this just hit my mind as you were saying that, but um, moving it back to this poem, more than that kind of lyric mode, I, and I, I, I think I would call this a lyric. Yeah. I'm going to second, I'm going to sec guess myself every time I say that. <laughs> I took a whole class on lyric. I can, everything's a lyric, nothing's a lyric. <laughs> um, but um, to me, this has that sense of poetry working almost like a spell in that if I say out, if I say out loud, how much I miss this person, I can't bring them back, but like through this repetition and through the saying the memory and saying the specifics, I can like bring something of it back,
0: you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You can, you can, if you if you talk about enough, you it you can conjure a person that sits next to you at the dinner table. Something like that. Yeah, something's going on there. I mean, they're ordering seven helpings. Uh, <laughs> um, at the table in the back. Yeah, I could see that. Um, there is in the in the last third. You can come in, come in your light body or skeleton or be invisible. I don't even care. Like, there's a there's a desperation to bring the person there.
1: Absolutely. And I was going to say, that's, that's, I think my favorite, I guess that's three lines in the poem, this, this concept of light body. I think that's the second time it comes up in the poem, which I like in that I think I read it the first time as like body, not weighing much Mm -hmm. um, kind of ghosty, but I think you could obviously also read it as like a body of light, um, which is another Mm -hmm. cool way of thinking of someone, you know, in whatever they're, non-earthly body looks like
0: yeah kind Um, of like a soul consciousness type sure yeah like yeah Mm -hmm. something or other yeah
1: so you can come in your light body or skeleton or be invisible i don't even care and the the lack of you know punctuation i don't know if you need punctuation there but the way that reads your light body your skeleton or be invisible i don't even care the way it kind of forces you to say that quickly um again in juxtaposition of all those slow small sentences um it, it it lifts up the like like come on just just be here
0: right you know it's a, it's a desperate I don't even care like I love like, it I, I, I want you here yeah um, I don't care how I want you here um, yeah
1: <laughs> completely beyond the poem but just when you said that I had scorpion saying get over here in my <laughs> <laughs> get over here <laughs> <laughs> completely inappropriate <laughs> not appropriate for this context at all
0: well you know. Uh the, you know, kind of uh, completely inappropriate uh uh out of context stuff is, is a part I feel of like what we something do? happens when something that happens when um when you've lost someone and, and you're trying to deal with an unimaginable amount of pain. Look at you yeah. trying to make this connection. Hey man, I got you know look at you, look at you, go.
1: I mean, uh and and not that I've taught uh any creative writing in quite a while, but um I do like how much if someone especially someone who like doesn't see themselves as a poet and you're trying to ask them to write a poem i think one of the things that like kind of boggles people's minds is the like i want you to think associatively you know i don't want you to think oh, from a sure. to b i mm-hmm. want you to think of all of the things that a makes you think of and how maybe there's a connection between them and that connection could be loose as hell but we can use that incredibly loose connection to
0: metaphor you yeah, know get it's, there. it's there yeah yeah right however you need to get there get there yeah <laughs> that's what uh yeah that's what poetry <laughs> is <laughs>
1: that's what poems are
0: <laughs> we figured it, out. it we solved it stop the podcast we solved it <laughs> we figured out poems
1: i think we did say that at one point um i think like we've, how... we've
0: solved poetry three or four times on this oh podcast. i
1: don't know if we yeah <laughs> I felt like we've talked about a you know just uh that we're just going to be asking what is poetry over and over again.
0: Oh yeah, that's the whole I thing.
1: Know. We're never gonna have a good
0: definition. Well, mostly that's because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um. but you know that's
1: that's a self esteem issue. That's not a <laughs> not like <an> actual problem. <laughs> you just can't admit that you know what poetry is.
0: Ah, uh, you flatter me. Um, speaking of not knowing what poetry is, let's go beyond the page. What is happening? beyond the poem
1: i knew you were going to transition us to this and i was like well i don't know if we have any i don't know if i've got anything else to say let's see did i write anything in my notes
0: you say you're fascinated about things which i mean is kind of the whole podcast (laughs) (laughs) um
1: we might have gotten too much into this for me to to bring anything um new to the conversation here
0: well admittedly Uh, i if i was grading myself on Uh, guiding you into the segments for this last one, I'll give myself a fucking D minus. So if we, if we organically move throughout all the segments, then, then that, you know, that's just what happened.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm vaguely getting back into my head where I wrote those notes last night. I, I've been thinking about um, naming feelings Um, and, and maybe that doesn't entirely match, but again, loose associations. We're fine. Yeah. Um, Me and my three-year-old
0: are naming feelings now too. We do like happy, we do sad, we do mad, we do surprised, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a good exercise. Yeah. Naming feelings.
1: Um, but yeah, um, it feels like part of what this poem is doing is like, I'm going to say that I miss this person out loud over and over again so I can actually like do it and feel it. And I think I am at a point where uh, recognizing some of my shit, for lack of a better word, um, I just need to, like, recognize it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Lot, not worry so much about changing it or, you know, fixing anything. But, like, let's just, like, name these issues first. You know, and so one of them in relationship with the idea of, of miss you is you know in addition to uprooting my life and moving and not having people around i think i've gotten really dependent on like online ways to keep connected with people yeah, yeah. and i was talking to somebody about like how i've got like i've got plenty of friends and i was like i don't like c- call people enough and like dump my shit on <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know like we're yeah. talking about you know
1: like uh the you know not not being with people and sharing food or something, you know? Um, I I think there's a lot of um, pretty normal conversation that ultimately allows you to like get some stuff off your chest or talk about some things you're going through that we normally take for granted. And it's like super, super healthy. And I just had that moment where I was like, Oh my God, I'm not doing any of that right
0: now. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I, I feel what you mean. I really do. And yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to be corny and talk about how the pandemic is like shed light on all that. But I, I do think that's being thought of a bit more and like, mm-hmm. you know, you're bringing up the miss you thing. Uh, as we've been talking, I've been remembering a time. There was a time like early in Mal and I's relationship where, um, this was in like all the, all the guys we just hung out with in Kansas city. were starting to move out of Chicago. Um, and I remember just like being, just being sad. Or even if people weren't moving out of Chicago, like moving uh, to other parts of Chicago that are harder to get to. I was <laughs>
1: <laughs> literally about to say, I was like, if you move to the wrong neighborhood, it's just it's, too far. It's just it's hard. Just, to. It's,
0: it's, it's far and it's difficult yeah. to get to. Yeah. But I, I guess I had this thing I kept saying over and over again, where it's like, I, I have a problem with going to bed you know, mm-hmm. uh, every night I, I procrastinate on going to bed. I'm just like, <laughs> just another 30 minutes, you know? Um, and I guess I'd, I'd been, I had this tick where I'd been saying like, I never want the party to end kind of thing. Mm. And one night I just kind of like, you know, maybe it had a few too many drinks or whatever, but like, you know, just kind of like had a big, like emotional outburst about like how I missed all my friends. how I, how I, uh, you know and this was like after a uh, after a party after a gathering where right. know, it was just like it was so good seeing everybody. I was grateful to maybe someone was in town i don't i don 't't I don't even remember it was, right. this was like six seven years ago where it was just like so good seeing everybody and how much I missed like the people had moved away and all this stuff and, and I was like you 've been saying you never want the party to end and i didn 't understand what you meant until now and it's just mm. like you just miss your friends, and I was like, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. I wish everybody I knew literally lived in the same building as me, (laughs) like like the way college is where you all just like share a dorm and, you know, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. But that, that profound, just missing of a person who isn't family, who isn't like someone you're obligated to see on Thanksgiving or whatever, but you just, right you just wish they were around the corner and you like go yeah. get coffee or whatever, you know, um, share a meal. Yeah. Um, go for a walk. you know, That kind of thing. Uh, I yeah, hear it's, you. A, it's a profound feeling that I think is underrated. You know? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't mean to undercut
1: everything you just said, um, but there was a tweet recently about how, how like men are incapable of asking each other to go for a walk. This
0: is a common common genre of tweets. Like men just hang out with each other. Goddamn. <laughs>
1: It is. Like, I, like, deep, I do do. I, I deeply feel you on that. I mean, that's been like one of my complaints here. Um, you know, is I, I, I have made some friendships, but like I still just like don't have a like. Do you want to come over and drink beer on my porch, friend?
2: Right, um, right. Which
1: is devastating, you know. I have, Especially I have, a have such a great and porch and a back porch.
0: Yeah. Two porches. Yeah, two porches. That's more than I have. <laughs> and I've got a porch porch.
1: <laughs> oh my god! We need to read. Yeah. We need to read. Um, I'm uh, going to say something that you brought
0: because you're going to have to talk about genre, aren't you? You want to move to uh move from uh, uh sentimental to deranged? Oh, <laughs> so you said, yeah, explain like what I'm reading. Uh, yeah, this isn't technically a poem. I'm starting season three off by, uh, not reading a poem, but, um, that the topic is, what have you been reading lately? And, um, it's a, uh, a bit that I did in uh, one of our Lost episodes before we started releasing this podcast. Um, but this is an excerpt from Paget Powell's short story, Scarliotti in the Sinkhole, which I will defend as a prose poem uh, after I read it. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. For some background, Scarliotti is uh, not the name of this character. It's the name he has given himself. Um, he suffered a massive head injury has uh, been not taking his pills as directed and been drinking, and he has just slept with a gas station attendant. Scarliotti woke up and looked out the window and saw a dog and a turtle. The dog appeared to be licking the turtle. Ball wallock, dude, city man, your dog, he said to the girl, is licking that turtle in its face. That turtle can bite, man. That dog is unnaturally friendly, man. I don't even want to go into Salmonella. That turtle can kill your dog from here to Sunday. It doesn't have to bite him, man. I don't want that turtle to bite your dog, man. On the tongue like that, I think I'd start like crying. I'd cry like a son of a bitch if we had to get that turtle off your dog's tongue. Your dog's tongue would look like a... Shoe tongue. It would be blue and red. Your dog would be hollering and tears coming out of its eyes. That turtle will be squinting and biting down hard, man. I don't want it. I don't. You better get your dog, man. We'd have to kill that turtle to get it off. If it doesn't cut your dog's tongue off first, man, shit. Take a bite out of it like cheese. This round scallop space like, God, get your dog, man. I have an appointment somewhere. What time is it? I think this damn Fruit of the Loom underwear is for shit. You see this guy walking around in his underwear with his kid, going to pee, and then popping off this fresh pair of miniature BVDs for the kid just like his, and they look... And they walk down the hall real slow. The same stupid tight pants look like panties. Get your dog, man. Shit. Fucking turtle. What's it doing here, man? I mean, your dog's not even supposed... What time is it? Get the bastard, will you? I can't move my... legs. I don't know when it happened. Last 20 minutes after I dogged you. I'd get him myself. That dog is not trained or what? Did you train him? People shouldn't let their dogs go anarchy, man. Dogs need government. Dogs are senators in their hearts when they're trained. They have like white hair and deep voices and do right. Your dog is going to get bit, man. Get your dog. Please get your dog. This position I'm in, I don't know how I got in it. It doesn't make sense. Did you ever think about J.E.B. Stewart? His name wasn't Jeb. It's the initials of J.E.B. He had an orange feather and a white hat and was like, good. One. Fast, smart, all that. Took no survivors. Well, I don't know about that. Kind of kind you want on your side like that. Man, it's hard to talk. Say things right. If you don't get your dog, I'm going to shoot you. No, myself. Claim your dog out there. The window is dirty as shit. I pay a lot of money for this trailer. You'd think they'd wash the goddamn window. No, you wouldn't. You know they wouldn't wash the goddamn window. I'd shoot the turtle, but the window, they wouldn't fix it, so they wouldn't wash it, would they? I shoot your fucking dog before I shoot the turtle. That turtle isn't doing nothing, did not doing shit, but getting licked in the face and taking it. The girl said, I don't have a dog. Well, somebody does, Scarliotti said. Somebody sure as hell does.
1: Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh kicking off uh season three at, like deep into some
0: core <laughs> one of the defining pieces of my writing education i would say
1: <laughs> <laughs> um i i think uh you can you can begin with this uh def- defense of the genre of whatever genre you want to call this I'm, I'm i'm at least listening
0: okay well i would say this is exhibit a and my strongest case for why fiction writers need to read poetry. Okay. Um, because this is the ending of the story. The story ends after what I just read. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, there's nothing else. Like, mm-hmm. Scarliotti says, somebody has a dog. <laughs> after going on this page-long monologue about it. Um, this is a Florida man who, as I said before, massive head injury, pills, alcohol, trailer, uh just seduced, or maybe didn't seduce, a gas station attendant. Um, <laughs> um, has named himself Scarliotti, even though his real name is Rod. Um, named himself Scarliotti because Nunchuck Scarliotti was too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the setup to the story, and it's a convoluted mess, but it's still a story, right? mm mm-hmm. And then the way it resolves is with this, a rant about a dog, a dog that somebody has, but certainly not the gas station girl. And (laughs) I feel like all the stuff we love to talk about with poetry being unresolvable and unparaphrasable, it's here in this ending. Um, Mm. This shouldn't be the ending to the story, but it is, and it works. And um, the specificity of tone, the specificity, specificity of language, the weird emphasis on some of the words, the just real, like getting down to the way a person talks and just having that show character. Um, I feel like is everything we talk about what poetry should do and, uh, uh, what, 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 or not what should do. I don't want to be gatekeeping, but like, you know, <laughs> what, what is unique about poetry and, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's just applied to this short story, and it doesn't, you know, whatever happens next in the story doesn't matter. Uh, we've got this resolution through, you know, these <laughs> images of a dog licking a turtle and a uh, a guy sitting up post coitus in a trailer, <laughs> looking up out a dirty window that they won't wash. <laughs> uh, um, um, just says so much more than like any kind of and then Scarliotti passed out and went to sleep or whatever you know mm mm-hmm. mhm and uh just just the way it's written is is uh yeah, one of my favorite things, so, <laughs> <laughs> so. bending genres in episode He's one of season three,
1: so bad a shape here, my goodness. <laughs>
0: Um, I Wait, like what you're Scarliotti who's been in a show I
1: mean both of you, but most of <laughs> um i do I do like uh what you're saying um we we've talked plenty of times, but I, I was having this inner monologue in my head this morning. I'm not sure why similar about licking dogs
0: yourself about licking dogs
1: <laughs> I, I was talking to myself about um aboutness. Um, and and he, he, you know, we say we say like poems naturally resist this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about how some of my favorite fiction, I feel like that's true as well. Yeah, um, where if someone were to ask you what it's about, it's like a, a guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he does a he does this guy. thing and then. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, um, that's the goal: is to have a short story and be like, man, you just gotta read it.
1: <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Um, okay, I've, I'm 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 mostly buying what you're selling. Where do you want to point me to
0: something specific here? The move, a line. Um. Yeah, I realized in my notes I forgot to write down the move, but uh, <laughs> I think for me the move is anytime. <laughs> Anytime the third-person narrator intercuts with his monologue, because <laughs> it's such a long monologue. <laughs> and the dispassionate way the narrator is, like, Scarliotti woke up and looked out the window and saw a dog and a turtle. The dog appeared to be licking the turtle. Ball hoggedy wallet dube city, man, your dog he said to the girl (laughs) (laughs) and then like he goes on for like a page and a half right and then it's like the girl said i don't have a dog (laughs) (laughs) just feels like this is a part of the story scarlet has been unhinged for for the entire story but like this is the part of the story where he just really lets loose like where his brain (laughs) completely breaks and then the narrator the third person narrator is still just like the girl said, "I don't have a dog." <laughs> um, that's that's a masterstroke to me. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, maybe maybe it's an easy comedy beat, but like to me, that's like, uh, uh that's something Patrick Powell pulled off. You know, right, right.
1: I I uh, am so stuck. Ball hoggy, pretty good. Pretty good. I would not have started the sentence off with that. Right. Wallach.
0: Wallach. What like, is a wallach?
1: I'm interested. For me, it's doob is the word right there.
0: <laughs> doob City. Doob City. <laughs> you got to be from Central Florida to understand, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I might have to replace uh, I say boy city a lot and I might have to
0: replace that with doob city. <laughs> doob city. Not dude. Doob. Yeah. 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 <laughs> D U B E, not D-U-D E. So yeah, that's that's the move for me, It's just like just how how unhinged the sure. main character of the story is, and then the narrator's just like, then A, B, and C happened.
1: <laughs> Matter <laughs> of fact. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's a there's a I'm not explicitly judging this, but also like right. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's like a like a like a courtroom stenographer, you know
1: (laughs) um any other language we want to point to specifically your dog's tongue would look like a shoe tongue is really good (laughs) that's really good (laughs) oh my god i'm
0: picturing one of those like um yeah, like a like a basketball shoe tongue, like a like well, like a mm-hmm. puffy, swollen like <laughs> shoe tongue, but you know, on like a on a collie or whatever.
1: <laughs> I was thinking more of a, a like a sad, droopy one.
0: Oh, you know. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Uh yeah. When you're,
1: you know, when you're, you're, you're. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing it. All right, tell me beyond this. Beyond this piece, because, uh, you're going to talk about your own work. So, you know, now you're going to get me real excited.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've been, I've been trying to, I, I've had a work in progress for a long time. Um, we talked up top about the, uh, the, the story I published in Cotton Xenomorph, um, that collection of stories I've been setting a deadline to finish for a while and, and, uh, haven't been able to do. And, um, uh want to do it by the end of the year. So um mm-hmm. this is a story slash passage that I return to as a reminder to keep my fiction weird, to uh to keep my fiction, you know, kind of um evocative rather than just telling. Mm-hmm. And uh um uh I am a I'm a, an obsessive outliner with fiction and it's okay. tempting to really give into story structure and tidy endings and stuff. And this reminds me that you just gotta kind of sometimes just lean into it and let your characters just take you to a place and um, mm. and, uh, and and just just fucking go nuts.
1: Um, Interesting. To take the character, I was, I was gonna, I thought you were gonna say take, like let the language rip.
0: Yeah, um, let, the, let, let the language rip, but through your through your characters and in, in fiction. Okay,
1: like, sure, sure, sure. Um, I want to put some pressure. Um, I want to know, and like, maybe, maybe this piece helps it, but, um, what to you is weird?
0: This deep dive into Scarliotti's consciousness. Um, Okay. The rest of the story is him interacting with people and his like stepdad comes in and, says, like, hey, take your medication properly and stop drinking. And, like, <laughs> and, then, and he fights with him, and then, you know, he goes down the gas station to pick up more beer and flirts with the girl and stuff. Like, it's all, like, pretty normal stuff. And then it just, like, right. it erupts into this page-and-a-half monologue. And that's yeah. a weird way to end the story. For um, sure. And so, yeah, with this work-in-progress, a lot of these stories I'm experimenting with different structure types and uh, different just things to do when this is, like, a reminder that it's, like, you know, no matter how sort of unconventional you think you can get, like, you can push it a little bit further.
2: Um, mm, okay. And, like
0: you said, I, I like the way you, you put it, uh, let the language rip, uh, yeah. which is something that's, that's, you know, of course, always on the forefront of my writing. But, um, but yeah, like, just because it's fiction doesn't mean it has to be uh, not, you know, can't pull from poetry kind of thing.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, I get uncomfortable being overly, I don't know with the labels or the gatekeeping or whatever, but I mean, in in theory, that's part of what differentiates a piece of literary fiction, um, is that there's some attention to the language and some care about the language, um, you know, as opposed to the aboutness, um, and certainly can be about something, um, you know, but nobody's, Nobody's ringing Tom Clancy for the pros,
0: you know, right, like, right. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not going to say no disrespect to Tom Clancy, but, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I have no idea about his pros. Actually. I just, uh, I remember a conversation with a friend of mine at one point where he was, you know, he was trying to make that differentiation. Um, and that was, that was his example. Um, you know, I, I, kind of just assume a Tom Clancy book is just a Tom Clancy video game and there's no difference between. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Right. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like I'll happily watch the movie or play the video game, but I'm not going to waste my time with the book, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, there are a lot of other books that I would rather read. Um, right. And, uh, uh, I want that sweet spot where I'm um, the book you want to read and the movie Netflix wants to buy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> What, like
1: i mean obviously the movie thing major would be incredible you know would be incredible and there's like a clear logic to that but like how weird would it be to be like oh this video game company wanted to adopt adapt my book into a video game <laughs>
0: <laughs> picture I'm, I'm 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 picturing the uh the uh, rpg version of uh, autobiography autobiography of red by ann carson <laughs> Would you I mean, like to think... go to the volcano, or would you like <laughs> to talk to your lover's grandma? <laughs> uh, I mean, now I think about it. It's first day of kindergarten. <laughs> oh jeez.
1: Oh my goodness! All right, we're we're spiraling, um, and we're long. Oh, uh, We are. No, oh, we're not long. that long yet. We're not that long yet. Oh, that's good. Um, did you come up with a basketball question this week? I did. I wanted to surprise you with it. Um, oh, surprises. I hate surprises. Yeah. Remember, I'm not fun.
0: <laughs> you're, you're very fun. Stop. You're very fun. All of our listeners, all five of you, chime in and tell Bob how funny he is. Um, <laughs> so the NBA is celebrating its 75th anniversary this season.
1: And Boy, recently- did I listen to m- too much podcast material <laughs> about the 75th <75-fighting laughs>
0: I read so many articles where it got to the point where I was like, I can't even remember who left who off (laughs) so I just have to stop I have to stop
1: I don't care, Dave DeBuschler, I get it let's go
0: (laughs) yes, Alex English was underrated okay anyway, they recently released a list of the 75 best players of all time so Bob, uh, you've got 30 seconds, what are the 75 best poems of all time? (laughs)
1: Well, where I thought you were going to go with that was, you know, poetry, Yeah, you know, we our, our earliest written poem is several thousand years old. Can we name the, I don't know, 6,000 best poets of all time? If we start with, I don't, I don't know if that date is right at all, but I was like, if we start with Homer. You
0: know. <laughs> what, what is it? What, what is the encarceled line? Uh, uh, stesichorus was born between Homer and before, or after Homer and before Gertrude Stein, a difficult time for any poet.
1: I have not heard that it's so good
0: Stesikoros was born after Homer and before Gertrude Stein a difficult time for any poem but (laughs) that's not my actual question my actual question is um, uh, we're doing a um, you know what have you been reading lately what have you been getting into are there any um, uh, just general are there any like storylines from the uh, 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 start of the NBA season that like are making you excited that you're into kind of thing.
1: I mean, actually, I mean, the big thing I would say is that, um, all of the, all of the storylines that are, are talked about on all the podcasts, (laughs) Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving's Nets, Lakers, Russell Westbrook. I'm not interested in any of those. Yes. I completely
0: agree with you. All of Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving are wholly uninteresting to me.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, there's nothing more to say. Yeah. We can move on. Um, Part of this uh, is because I uh, I drafted him in our fantasy basketball league, um, but um, the breakout season of Miles Bridges on the oh, Hornets yeah. is He's an fun.
0: Yeah,
1: absolute delight. Yeah, um, I don't, I definitely don't buy him as a number one player. Sure. Um, but he doesn't have to be because Lamelo's on the Hornets. Right. Um, I don't know if I fully buy him as a number two player. He, um. What he reminds me of, at least as a fantasy player, is um, is Josh Smith, who was oh sure yeah fantastic in fantasy yeah. Um, but I wouldn't want to put Josh Smith on a basketball team where I was trying to win kind
0: yeah. of thing. I, I don't to play, I want to see that. Haven't watched enough of the Hornets, but he he does seem like a guy who really benefits from playing with Flamello, right? Uh, similar to like Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire on the Steve Nash Suns. Mm. Right, I think. Um,
1: I think actually, Sean Marion's a pretty good comparison point. He's yeah. he's definitely scoring better than that, and looks a lot better. Right. Um. But uh. Yeah, I'm I'm talking myself into buying that it's that his upstick in production is real. Yeah, um, yeah. Mostly because I want to keep him on my fantasy basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> and well,
0: I also want the Hornets to be good too. Like, I say. Absolutely, they're not. The they're Hornets not a fun good. punchline. I I want the Hornets to be good, you know. Right, right. Um,
1: other storylines that I'm interested in, it really is. It's like all of the kind of weird middle teams um, that excite me. Like I'm bummed that the Pacers are looking really ugly. Yeah,
0: get Malcolm Brogdon off that team.
1: I love Malcolm Brogdon, so, love Malcolm much. Brogdon love, so much. I love Brogdon so much. I love Sabonis. I even like Miles Turner. Yeah, also, Sabonis really Turner. needs to not yeah. be on that team. Yeah. Um, and and also, I I mean, I guess the one thing the podcast I'm grateful are talking about, but like that the rookies are so interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Evan Mobley is apparently a freak. Yeah. Um, the
0: highlights I've seen of him, like I've I've seen like a couple of, like YouTube breakdowns or whatever of his game, and like you know like right. Twitter vid- videos and stuff, and he's just like, yeah, he. Some people are ca- comparing him to like early Kevin Garnett and It's like let's right. not get carried away but yeah I see it I mean, right
1: um, yeah I, you know, I, I haven't watched any Cavs game but uh, Cavs games but I like Garland if this guy is good I like I like something exciting happening that you know I more okay with the Cavs being a punchline than the Hornets but also right. like I don't know, like good young fun teams are are good and like uh maybe this is a storyline that excites me the most is it feels like there are fewer franchises that don't have a competent plan than i'm used to yeah um, i can see that. you know yeah mm-hmm. like yeah like the bottom of the league right now is i mean the top the lowest like the teams are probably gonna be one and two worst records are the pistons and the thunder who both yeah. clearly have a plan you know and you can disagree right. with the thunder's plan or whatever um you know the magic are helpless the pacers are limbo but there's a lot of other teams where it's like, you kind of know what their plan is and it might not work, but at least it's a plan.
0: At least it's a plan. At least, <laughs> at least yeah, people, people know what they're doing now. And the Thunder, right. I kind of just want them to hurry it up because Che Gilchrist, Alexander and Lou Doors are so cool. <laughs> like, just top what a, tier. What a cool, Two super cool players. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, NBA um, Jam would be my, would be my pick. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Uh, Lou Dort had like 10 strength and could just push anyone
0: over. It'd be <laughs> awesome. Did you see the strip and uh, uh, breakaway uh, layup he had the other night with like one second to go? Um, yeah. Oh, I
1: did see this, I yeah.
0: Plan, but like, yeah, he just, you know, some dude was, uh, whatever team they were playing, dude was uh, trying to cross him up and he just mm-hmm. he just ripped him. Took mm-hmm. him full court for a layup. It's just like, yeah, Lou Dort, man.
1: Lou yeah. Dort. <laughs> Lou Dort. Lou Dort. All right, um, I know. I mean, you're you're going to say the Bulls are back as your interesting storyline. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything other than the Bulls being back?
0: Uh, well, besides the Bulls being back, uh, I guess I'm pretty interested in how much the Lakers suck now that Alex Caruso isn't on their team. <laughs> um, I'm interested in how much I don't hear about the Spurs because DeMar DeRozan is not on their team. Um, I'm really interested in how much more terrible the Magic are now that Nikola Vucevic Vujovic isn't on their team. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting, just like how much all of these teams suck now because the Bulls took their players.
1: You left out uh, the uh, the Pelicans uh, for your oh, with Lonzo. that's
0: right. The Pelicans right. have totally bottomed out without Lonzo Ball.
1: That I would also add as is uh I know you're you're being facetious here and talking about the bulls. Um, but uh the pelicans actually do are that's a bummer storyline. It's a super
0: bummer storyline. Zion line. can't
1: get healthy. I feel like everyone got really excited about what, what Dan Gilbert was doing there. And it the yeah. whole time every time they kept saying his name, or not, is it not Dan Gilbert? No, Who Dan Gilbert
0: about? owns the calves. You're talking about right. uh Kobe Altman. Is that their GM? Nah, no, their GM,
1: but the Pelicans. The Pelicans' current GM is the Cavs GM back when LeBron was there.
0: Right. I think that's probably all, I think.
1: No, no. I'm Trajan Langdon is the Pelicans GM. It's oh. not their GM, it's the President of Basketball Operations. There's a guy.
0: There's a guy. There's a guy. No who you're talking about. He was with the Cavs. I'm
1: so mad I can't remember this guy's name. Yeah, me too. But they were I feel like people were excited about it, and the whole time
0: I kept thinking, like I just kept thinking to myself, like, remember how Badly he did LeBron. Right. You know, like, I kept thinking that too, but then I was also like, okay, Zion, Lonzo, um, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, Stan Van Gundy, that's gonna work. And it just it very
1: much didn't. It didn't work at all. <laughs> it didn't work it at really all. Didn't work. And and I don't know if Ingram I feel like Ingram has maybe been hurt. I definitely have not been paying attention to them, but I like you're not hearing about him either. Yeah. You know, like it's a bummer that Zion's
0: out, but and yeah, in clearly they, they have. I'm always shooting for like he. Sure, he's a cool player.
1: mean, just as Lakers guys, Lakers got rid of. It. I want them all to be successful. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like not re- not really on the D'Angelo Russell train, but like you know, yeah. like
2: it,
1: it's, yeah. Just so the idea wow. of Lonzo, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, and Julian Julius Randle Like if they were just all All Stars, I'd feel great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting rid of them did get the Lakers a championship. Whatever, blah blah blah. But right, you know um also within that um as i try and make my point about teams like having a competent plan um it's really sad that the spurs don't seem to have a plan
0: yeah the spurs really <laughs> seem to just be like kind of just drifting <laughs> like just, just yeah hanging it's home.
1: so weird yeah it's very weird i mean like can you name three guys on their team
0: I mean, I can, but that's because I obsessively follow them. I mean, it's the Murray and Derek White, and um, they still have uh, Jakob Purtle.
1: Uh, All right, that's three. That's pretty good. Yeah, and good God. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can go past that. Uh, they have Thad Young from the Bulls,
0: former have Bulls. Who? Yeah, they you know they they got for DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> They still have Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay still on his first.
1: No, Rudy Gay is on the Jazz now.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. So you are predicting that the uh, Warriors are going to beat the Bulls in the finals? Is that what's, that's what's yeah, happening?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the Warriors are going to. So here's what's going to happen. So this year, <laughs> the Warriors are going to beat the Bulls in six, right? Okay. And Steph Curry is going to get his first finals MVP. Okay. Okay. And um, next year the Bulls are going to beat the Warriors in six. <laughs> and um, uh, it's too early to say, but either Zach Levine or Patrick Williams is going to get their first finals MVP. Um, and Steph Curry at the, uh, the the championship parade is going to be like, I hereby pass the torch to this, this Bulls team to be the new dynasty. Um, and then Steph and Draymond are going to retire they're gonna get a big old fancy parade. Why are they gonna
1: retire so early?
0: Oh, just because you know they've they've won enough, and 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 they want they want the Bulls to succeed. Um, no. They're benevolent guys. <laughs> ben- um. <laughs>
1: this is the worst Bulls fan fiction
2: ever. <laughs>
0: they feel bad about the rick barry teams of the 70s keeping the bulls out of the finals all those years oh my god the, uh, the the jerry sloan and uh, norm van Leer bulls out of the out of the finals all those years so as a as a karmic payback they're gonna be like here's we're passing the torch we're gonna go 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 ride a boat somewhere and um you guys can win the next 800 championships and that's what's going to happen
1: I'm shaking my head for the (laughs) the listening audience. Um, I don't think they'll make the finals, but I think uh, the Heat are really cool. I've watched them, I think, two times. It
0: disgusts me how cool the Heat are.
1: It's a what a cool team. They're so cool. cool.
0: Last year was such a bummer for them, and they're so cool. They're so cool, and I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) They're such a cool team. Duncan Robinson's funny on YouTube. (laughs) tyler hero's good again kyle lowry's awesome always i love
1: how committed tyler hero is to the like i'm as good as these other guys (laughs) it's like you're clearly not you're very good and i'm excited to how well you're playing you're not devin booker but i want you to keep talking about how you're just as good as devin booker and Luka Doncic and trey like
0: it's like preach every (laughs) every nba player thinks they're the best player on the floor but tyler hero really thinks he's the best player on the floor
1: (laughs) genuinely talking about naming things um i think it was like a simmons podcast and i i really i prefer not to listen to him but i do because i just want again just i just want guys talking about basketball basketball and yelling about basketball Mm -hmm. yeah um and then they were yeah they were talking about you know uh the, yeah, the concept of an irrational confidence guy and just that like every basketball player does like believe they're the best. And I was just like, I really do need to just like get a little bit more of that in my life. You know, I yeah. just need to like yeah. tell myself how freaking good I am, even if it's not true every once in a while. Cause you know, I, the voice that's telling me I suck is pretty constant, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? And just like, you know, if, if Tyler hero believes he's the best player in the NBA, why can't I believe that I could be a better poet? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like,
0: I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, to bring it back to uh, to bring it back to writing, um, you know, sometimes when I am struggling like with a, with an article, I will reread some of my articles that have already been published
2: mm-hmm. and then, like,
0: "See, you've done it before; you can do it again." Right, right. Um, uh, uh, you know, I don't have too many like literary writing examples of that, but like, yeah, I can always go to my cracked archives and be like, "See." This was good. This was publishable. Just fucking right. finish this one, you know. Right. That sort of thing. I suppose it's easier when you like, you know, shoot like eight for ten and score like twenty three points or whatever. And you're just like, I can go back and watch game film me like dunking on Rudy Gobert or whatever. You know. <laughs>
1: That's a really good point. It probably is a little bit easier to talk yourself into that when you have like just dunked all over a bunch of people.
0: Maybe you that's know. what we should. That's the next move for our podcast: is to uh, start a literary highlight reels for writers. <laughs> you know, so we get we get all our friends, and we're like, just put together like it's it'd be like House of Highlights, but uh, for uh, <laughs> for when our friends have published poems.
1: All right, you're on to something here. I don't know what it is quite yet, but there's a there's a train of thought that's worth going down.
0: I'll do the music for it.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, All right, that, that sounds like a podcast. That's good. the first episode. Um, yeah, it, we're back. We're rusty. We're
0: back. Uh, I can't guarantee we'll be more polished next time. <laughs> <laughs> but we are at least... Back, hey, you know what? Just like the I, bulls.
1: Oh, you know what? I'm the Tyler hero of poetry podcasters. So
0: <laughs> we're back, just like the bulls. I would, I would, I would love to be your Jimmy Butler and say that you have hood, ten, hood tendencies, but I don't feel like I have that authority. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, Bob is red faced with his eyes closed and waving his hands. <laughs> We're out. We're out. All on right. our way. Uh, follow us on Twitter at linebreakpot, I think is our Twitter handle. That sounds right, but I sure. should probably. Check. Why not? <laughs> and we will
2: talk to you guys next week.